Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. Hey, welcome everybody. Rob Kosberg here. I have another great guest for you for our Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Uh, Ryan Cote is the Director of Digital Services and a partner at Ballantine.com, which... uh, you know, I particularly like it's a third generation family owned direct mail and digital marketing company out of New Jersey. And uh, uh, Ballantine has been serving uh, small business clients since 1966, although uh, Ryan himself has not, as you can tell by his age, his, uh, I guess it was your great uncle that uh, started the business uh, way back. And now it's primarily, you know, or, or all uh, family members, which I think is very, very cool. You are also the author of an upcoming book for personal development for entrepreneurs. I'll ask you uh, some some questions about that, Ryan, but uh, really excited to have you on because I do have a number of questions regarding digital marketing, direct mail, perhaps in particular, and of course, uh, your expertise with, uh, with entrepreneurs and personal development. So Ryan, great to have you on the podcast today, my friend. Yeah, Rob. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll have some fun. You know, I'm a, I am certainly a uh, a, a direct and online marketing. You know, I mean, some would some would say uh, that I'm really good at it, and others might not. Uh, but we've certainly spent millions of dollars of my own hard money. Uh, and you know, I'm not talking about as an agency where people have given me millions to spend. I mean, it's come out of my own pocket. So I do know a thing or two about it just by the school of hard knocks, as you might, as you sure. might imagine. But maybe let's start. Tell me, uh, tell me about your upcoming book, uh, the title, the topic, because it is outside of the of the sphere of what your business is with Ballantine. Yeah, so Ballantine is my career, and then uh, on the side, I have a passion project that I've been doing actually since the start of COVID, April 2020. Around then, I started the the site. You know, I used to publish articles on LinkedIn, and it was always I would do marketing and I would do personal development articles, but I really enjoyed writing about personal development, cold showers, and all that stuff. And I would write a medium too. And then I had a thought like I should just create my own brand out of it because I really enjoy this, and this is like my my attempt at helping people and like creating something that's of value, you know, and it's a blog and it's a podcast. Yeah. And it's been an interesting journey because I've never, I've always been like in the marketing world. I've never, you know, tried something like this where I'm trying to create a brand and having a podcast that was completely new. And then I had the crazy idea to try to write a book as like the next step. And that's all new to me as well. And I'm almost done with it. It's a book for entrepreneurs on using personal development to upgrade their life and their business because it's all very intertwined. And so basically, it's everything that I've learned over the last... I mean, I've been doing personal development and I've been into it for many and many years. And it's like the journey that never ends. And so this is everything that I've learned. you know. And I even throw in like trying to inject personal development into your company, like based on my experiences of what I've been trying to do, my own strategies for growing myself. And then even like kids, like I have three daughters and just trying to pepper them with life lessons the best I yeah. can and what I've learned there. So I'm trying to make it almost like a handbook. And uh, I'm almost done with it. So I'm excited to get it out there. Awesome. Well, the fact that you have three kids means you really are going to need personal development for yourself. Uh, <laughs> three daughters too. I know. I, I have like... three sons. So uh, so I completely understand. Uh, once you get to three, you're outnumbered. And man, it is like exponentially more difficult. At least that was my experience. Uh, so, you know, uh, you are certainly someone that's going to need your self-development, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have had moments of uh, like, what have I done? If I could be honest, but, uh, but there's more good moments and bad moments. So no doubt, no doubt. I mean, children are a wonderful legacy and I love my kids. And I was just out in California myself, seeing my two older boys who are living in California. I'm in Florida. My youngest son uh, works for me and, and is here in Florida. So, you know, we get to spend a good deal of time together, which is incredibly rewarding. So Nate. So congratulations on that. Tell me, talk to me about your passion project a little bit more. You obviously have the the book upcoming. You're writing a book, uh, not because writing a book is easy, because it is not easy to write a book. You're obviously writing a book with something else in mind. What is your goal for the book? What are you trying to accomplish using the book to grow your audience, grow your business, get speaking? What, what's your plan for it or your idea for it? Yeah, great question. Keep in mind, I haven't done this before. So this is my perspective on just yeah. trying to learn something, learn a new skill set. So A, yeah, to learn a new skill set, do something I haven't done before, which I talk about a lot in my blog about you know doing something that makes you uncomfortable. So I'm like, well, if I write about it, I kind of have to eat my own dog food here. So how am I going to use it? That's a great question. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I... Leaning towards using it to get speaking gigs. I mean, I'm going to put it up on Amazon and try to make sales with it, of course, push of course. people back to you know, morningupgrade.com and just so they can see what I'm doing there. But yeah, to get more on podcasts, you know, and then on, on Morning Upgrade, I talk about Ballantine and we've, we have had some opportunities there. So I'm sort of figuring out how to like, and the book is for entrepreneurs. We usually work with entrepreneurs. So I'm trying to interweave it all. But if I had to boil it down to like one main thing, yeah, it's to, it's to boost the awareness of, of Morning Upgrade and to get me. Uh, more podcasts, speaking gigs as like a Love starting it. point. And then if I make sales with it and um, you know, I'm not sure where morning upgrade, like what the back end offer will be there eventually. Is it a mastermind? Is it a course? Is it something else? These are all things I'm trying to figure out as I yeah. go down this new journey. Well, you know, this might be a little different for a normal podcast, but I can give you a couple of suggestions if you like <laughs> while we're talking, yeah, we'll <laughs> seeing as it is what I do. You know, the, the book is your foundational piece, right? Of At least from my perspective, I, I've seen this in my own businesses because I wrote my first book for my financial services company back in 2009. And then that led to me starting this um, ghostwriting, publishing, PR, et cetera, company, bestseller publishing in 2011. If you do something high ticket, if you're selling a coaching program or even, you know, two or $3,000 product program, you know, six week thing, eight week thing, whatever, some kind of done with you, then you can use the book in conjunction with all of your skills in, in digital marketing and media. You can even use it in conjunction with direct mail. And I got some questions for you about that uh, for me and for the audience, but, you know, a free plus shipping funnel, which we shared briefly. I mean, publish, promote, profit, which you you see behind me. I mentioned to you before. Uh, it's a Wall Street Journal bestseller, and we certainly sell books, and and that's great. But you know, at five bucks a pop or whatever the number is, you know that that's not going to give you the kind of lifestyle generally that that you want. Authoring a book, however, our programs you know range uh, from the low four figures to over six figures, um, depending on what a client wants us to do for them. And we use the book to generate leads, uh, specifically buyer leads in a self-liquidating offer, right? Uh, something where there's a number of different upsells and downsells on the front end, audio book, various courses, et cetera. And the leads are, if not free, because it's, you know, the cost of of acquiring a customer is liquidated by what we're earning, or they're very close. You know, it's it's very cheap to get a very very high quality person into the funnel, 
And that's led to about $3 million, um, not including all the other funnels that we run, challenges that we run, webinars that we run. But that one funnel has added about $3 million to the bottom line of mm-hmm. bestseller publishing just in the last 18 months. So, right. you know, if you do have high ticket, I'd highly recommend a, a book funnel, even if you just sell courses. I mean, you can you can get it to cash flow positive on the front end, even if you sell a thousand dollar course or or something like that. I mean, look at Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels and uh, yeah. what he's done basically selling ClickFunnels on the back end, you know, at 97 bucks a month or 297 a month. So, and you got a huge audience. I mean, you're talking about, you know, entrepreneur obviously is a big audience, but self-help, massive, massive audience. You know, your book can do real, real well in that regard. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that was helpful. That was The way I think about this is, even if it's a complete failure, I'll have learned something new. I'll have learned yep. how to put a book on Amazon, how to write a book, how to promote it and all yeah. that. So at the very least, I'm going to take, I'm going to walk away with uh, some yeah. new skill sets, but I'm sure it won't be a complete failure, but that's no, what I'm that's thinking. the, that's the self-improvement person inside you, right? Uh, looking <laughs> yeah. at the bright side because of the self-discipline you've had to exercise to do your book. So, but trust <laughs> me, if you use your book, it will produce incredible rewards. I mean, we basically give our clients kind of three foundational focuses. Use your book for lead gen, and that could be a hundred different ways. I don't need to tell you that, right? That can be direct mail. That can be all kinds of online stuff. That can be referrals. That can be networking. Uh, use your book for speaking engagements or use your book for PR and media, which grows your platform and then circles back around to you know, lead gen, et cetera. So those three kind of foundational elements, if you just plug your book into what are whatever your efforts are, in one of those three areas, then it'll supercharge your efforts. It'll supercharge your efforts to get speaking engagements, uh, lead gen, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, and um, I'm definitely going to mail it to clients. So yeah. that's a great thing about writing a book. There's so many different ways you can you can use it. Oh yeah, yeah. Your authority goes, you know, off the chart uh, when you you know publish a book. Let alone publish a book that's done well. You know, a, a best selling book with good reviews and. And that sort of thing. Maybe we can talk about that for a few minutes because I'm I'm intrigued by what Ballantine does. You know, I obviously I love I love marketing personally and specifically. I know some people hate it. I love it. Marketing is different than sales, of course. Um, I was hardcore salesperson, like from you know, from a teenager. Uh, basically, I got my real estate license when I was 18. And my dad taught me, this is how you get listings. You, you hammer the phones, you call the FISBOs, you call the expires, et cetera. When I learned that I could turn it all around and instead have people coming to me and hunting for me, I was like, oh man, I'm all, I got to learn this. What is this witchcraft and sorcery? I've got to learn that. And, and that's what you guys do at Ballantine, which I think is really cool. But you know, everybody's interested probably, or most people in digital, but I want to talk about the direct mail aspect for a minute. What are you seeing in a general sense regarding your direct mail business and the kind of results that people are getting with direct mail right now? Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic at at Ballantyne because on the digital side, we work with small businesses that are using us for lead generation, driving traffic to the website through SEO, paid search, et cetera, et cetera. And then trying to get people to pick up the phone and call them or fill out a form. On the direct mail side, it's completely different. We work with very large, large companies that do a lot, a lot of mail and need us to do it for them. 
And so we're basically a production company. So they come to us to produce all this mail. It's very, very complicated. And we, we, they hire us to get it done cost-effectively and on, you know, delivered on time. You know, what we're seeing, it really depends on the industry. So, you know, we are heavy in travel, which hasn't been great for everything that's been yeah. happening, but we're also very heavy in other industries like nonprofits, which have been doing fine. So, you know, we had, we've had a very strong last few years. Everyone talks about direct mail being dead, but it really isn't. It's just like anything like digital. It just, it's just changing. You know, back in the, I wasn't in the business in the nineties, but I hear all the stories. Like we used to do all the AOL mailers, the disc mailers and the Columbia. The old CD, CD CD-ROM they would send you. That was us. That was us just crazy. Lincoln the entire US. Holy cow, man. So much of that went the garbage, but (laughs) you know, it obviously made AOL money. I mean, they sold for hundreds of millions of dollars or something like that, billions perhaps. Yeah. Back in the day, that was just like a spray and pray. Whereas now, especially as data has become much more sophisticated, you can target really specifically the person you want to reach. So the campaigns are smaller, but more targeted. Um, also the technology of the, and we don't own any printing presses. We're a, like a broker production company, but we've got a network of 25, 30 plants that we use. A lot of them are fam- family owned like us. And so, nice. you know, a lot of these plants, they invest in new technology. You think of a printing press, you know, it's like anything, it's like a car every couple of years, they try to make it more advanced and do new stuff with imaging and personalization and the way it prints. And, you know, if my brother, Matt was on here, he can get really uh, nerdy with you <laughs> and all this stuff, but that's, yeah. uh, I've, I've just told you everything I know. But so what, the point I was making is that the pieces that you can do, the personalization, it's much more sophisticated, the formats, clear envelopes, video mailers, um, really high quality, high speed personalization, or you can go real simple, just like postcards and get it down and dirty. So direct mail, it seems simple on the surface, and you get your, you open up your mailbox, you got all these pieces of mail in there. But like what it took to get that piece of mail into your inbox, it'll, it would blow your mind if you knew all the steps. Wow. Well, I, I have some questions, and, and you brought up a couple of things that I was absolutely thinking about. I've used direct mail in my various businesses to great success, but you get lazy, or I get, I can tend to get lazy. And you know, when you have digital at your fingertips, if you know what I mean, and, you know, can produce results that has uh, sidetracked you know, some of my direct mail efforts. But I want to ask like a couple of specific questions and even give you a scenario and find out what you think about this. So I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig because I want to learn, but I think it'll also be helpful for, for other folks. If I was targeting a very specific kind of individual, say, uh, you know, a member of the C-suite, a certain age group, right? You were talking about data and really honing in on the right target. Um, so let's say I'm, I'm trying to target somebody in a specific income range, in a specific type of business or career, C-suite, and at a certain age group. And I wanted to focus on, let's say, those individuals writing a legacy book. And I wanted to send them a video, or I wanted to send them a copy of Publish, Promote, Profit with a a letter that is addressed to them, et cetera. Number one, is that possible? And how specific can you be with the data? Number two, do you have any examples of situations like that where people have done small batches, 100, 500, 1,000? because they're selling something to a very, very high level individual at a high price. Do you have some like examples of that? And I hope that's not too specific a question. No, I can answer it. 
So in terms of the data and like offline, I can connect you with who our data partner is. It's not in-house service. We use a uh, someone that we've known for 20 years. Yeah, they've got you know data now. You've got compiled and actually right out of college, I worked for two mailing list companies. So that was actually my first job out of college before I went into the family business. A little side note there. But yeah, the data now, you can buy compiled data. And so like, you know, age, industry, job title, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You can buy a data that's based on like survey questions. Like if you ever get... They're not as big now. I guess they're still big. Like you take surveys for prizes. They're giving you something because they're going to then sell your data. You know, they're going to sell your data to someone, um, a mailer, you know, a marketer. And then you could buy responsive data. So someone that subscribes or they buy, they've taken an action. And so you've got responsive data. It's more expensive, but you're mailing to someone that's shown in the past that they will take a, they will make a response, they'll take action. And then you've got the compiled or survey data where you have like countless different selects. So yeah, I've seen requests come into our data partner for very, very specific, very, very specific targets, and they've been able to get it. The question is, what's the quantity going to be? Are you going to have like a few hundred where maybe for something like you just described there, where you're going to mail them a book, that's fine. But if a client wants like something sizable to send out 5, 10, 25,000 mailers, and sometimes we run into a problem with the quantity if the targeting is way too specific... But in the more manual, lumpy type package you described, that that would be fine. 300, 500 would be all you need. Uh, the second question you asked about an example. So I, the one thing that came to my mind when you were, when you were asking it is um, we've done work with this. Uh, it's like a visiting nurse service, uh, visiting nurse service of New York. And they wanted to reach uh, doctor's offices, like the, the reception area to get referrals um, and so what they, their approach was they were mailing out premium. So, and this was many, many years ago, like, like five years ago. So I'm just trying to remember, but it was basically like a cube box that we, we got for them. And then inside we put uh, like a flower pot type of thing, not an actual, but dirt, but like a fake flower pot with a yeah. pen inside with a little card, like maybe like, you know, like that big and um, a little you know note on it. And so it stood out. It, 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 there wasn't, a, I don't remember the quantity, but it was very, it was very small because it was very expensive, but it just got the door, it got the door open for them. Um, I don't remember the exact response rates, but yeah. in that case, it was, it was premiums. It was like a lumpy box with a pen inside and a flower pot. And they yeah. did it over and over again. Nice. You know, I, I would say to a, a client of mine, and I've said this many times regarding direct mail, you know, if, if they're selling a premium price product, program, you know, coaching, consulting, et cetera, something that's $10,000, $20,000, maybe $100,000, that's a beautiful place to be because you don't need a list of 100,000 or a million people. You only need a list of 1,000 of your ideal clients, maybe 500 of your ideal clients. And if you can you know, start attracting one, two of those clients every few months, you know, you very, very quickly get a massive return on investment, especially if you can build a relationship over and over with them. I don't know. I mean, what would it cost to send a book? Five bucks, $10? You know, I know what we, what it cost us to do it, but including list data and all that it might be 10 bucks. So for a $5,000 campaign, you could send a thousand of them, right? And reach a thousand of your absolutely ideal prospects. I just think it's massively underutilized for people in the specialty niches. I don't know if you're seeing any changes there or or what your vibe is in that business. I mean, I, I would even to add to that, you know, I, I think about our own marketing, like when we get a direct mail lead, we'll mail out a sample kit in priority mail, which is a lot more money. 
Even FedEx, we've had some clients um, like in the wealth management space where they're targeting really high net worth individuals, yeah. mail uh, like FedEx envelopes. And we're not talking about a lot of people and it's, it's expensive, but you know, that's going to get opened. Uh, we work with a very high-end insurance company and they did uh, video mailers. I think it was 200 of like uh, 200 of their leads, like their best leads. And uh, they sent out these video mailers. I think the size was like a six by nine. You open up the folder and it started playing a video. Yeah. They were sponsoring one of the golf, uh, like Pebble Beach or something like that. And so it was about their sponsorship and what they can do. And so the person opened up the video and the, the folder and the video started playing. So when you have like a really small group or you got a high, like you said, a high ticket um, product, it makes sense to do that kind of stuff. You, ha- you do have to stand out. You can't, the normal right. postcard, the cheap like letter packages, it's just noise at that point. You need to stand yeah. out. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Talk to me a little bit more about, you know, what you're seeing that's working best at Ballantine when it comes to digital marketing. You know, obviously the people that are listening to this podcast, uh, my clients, they want to sell books, but really they want to use their books to sell whatever is the thing that they're ultimately selling, right? Which will be the case with you in your personal development business also. What are some of the best ways, uh, the best bang for the buck that they can get? We've kind of beaten the horse of uh, of direct mail. Talk to me about the other stuff that you guys do and what you're seeing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer this from our perspective. Every agency has a different skill set or a different recipe of how they do things. Our approach is not to rely on one channel. We very, now, like, like any business, we try to Kaizen ourselves every year, like continuous improvement. We very rarely take on like single service work now, like where someone just wants SEO or something like that. You know, clients come to us because they want an integrated approach. We basically become their marketing department or yeah. an extension of their marketing department. And uh, so they'll use us for a variety of services. And I think that's I think that's actually a good lesson for everyone because you really can't rely on just one channel nowadays. Great. First of all, buyers, they use multiple channels. They're a lot more sophisticated. They have a lot more options of where to look, social, Google, et cetera, et cetera. And so very rarely are they just using one channel. And when you use one channel, like SEO, for example, like they just came out with their page experience update where they looked at load speed and how your site shifts when you scroll and all that stuff. And if your site wasn't buttoned up there, you're you're going to rank, your, your rankings are going to drop. And now you've relied on SEO and now all of a sudden you're in trouble. So, and, and we've seen it work better too. Like what's the saying? Rising tide raises all ships. I think I got that mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You know, you need to get all your channels in check, like SEO, paid search, uh, social media content, you know, they all kind of feed off each other. If you want me to give you like a more specific answer, like we're, we're really bullish on content right now okay. because we're seeing Google rank more blogs and articles and information. And it makes sense. Their job is to answer questions when someone's going to Google, not that they're always asking a question, but they're looking for information and blogs do a great job of answering questions and providing information. And so you know, and then think about how the way Google's search results are changing, like featured snippets and their, you know, their search results page is much more complicated and dynamic. And so blogs have, you know, a better chance of ranking. We've seen, especially in like the featured snippets, which is always at the top of the page. Also bullish on content, and then I'll then I'll stop, is it's something you could do and then use it other ways. So like we create a blog post. I do sales, so I'll send it to I'll send it to prospects. I'll put it on LinkedIn. Our team will put it on social. You know, if a piece of content's doing really well, we can create a video out of it, the topic. So this is ways like you do a piece of content and then there's like multiple ways right. to repurpose it. And that's kind of neat, you know? Right. 
You know, what you said, obviously, it's hard to disagree with, right? You can't have just one channel. Um, there need to be multiple channels. Um, but that's a little terrifying at the same time. I, I mean, for some people maybe listening, like you said, you work with small businesses. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot with, okay, give me some pricing, but you know, like a small business that you're going to work on their SEO, their content marketing, their paid search. It's like, holy cow. I mean, uh, can that be affordable? Is that how people get started with Valentine? Is that what the suggestion is? Like, I guess I'm asking for the small business person that's listening to this. Like they know they need to do all that, but you know, is that reasonable or affordable for somebody to actually do it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we so we work with mainly small businesses on the digital side. We've got some that are a little bit bigger. They fall into like the mid-size, but by small business, I'm talking like they have like 10 to 40 employees, 15 yeah. to 40 employees. So they're not like a solopreneur, uh, but they're still a small business. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, at the time of us speaking here, we're, you know, I won't give exact pricing, but we're like the cost of bringing an entry-level person in-house, you know, but that, that sounds like four or five thousand bucks a month, six thousand bucks a month, yeah. something in that range. Yeah, right. It depends what they it depends what yeah. they need. But yeah, that's right. a good ballpark. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and so that's not bad, know. especially if the focus is is so multi-dimensional, you know. And I totally agree with what you said. I mean, you've got to have multiple channels that are bringing in because one channel, you know, will break, right? I mean, like you said, SEO changes, they're always changing the target. And yep. so, you know, you've got to be up on that stuff, which is Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook exactly. Even paid search. I mean, you're paying to play, you're, you get the ads up and the traffic starts literally within hours. But, you know, I remember back in the day, I was really big into affiliate marketing. I'm like maybe 13 years ago or so. And I was very big into affiliate marketing, driving traffic with Google ads, doing very well with it. And then Google decided they didn't like affiliate landing pages as much. And they started yeah. really slamming that, like canceling accounts. And so you just oh, can't, sure. like, you're playing in their sandbox. And so you have to really be diverse and, you know, collecting emails and, and, uh, you know, and I don't, when I say that, I don't think it's smart to be like everywhere unless you have a massive team and a massive budget. Um, so even when I say like, we're in multiple channels, like with social media, we have a very specific way we use it. We're not on like TikTok and all this. Um, it's just not our specialty and we just don't do it that way. But we work with multiple channels, but it's, you know, with paid, it's usually Google, not Google and DuckDuckGo and Bing. And that's just our way of doing it. So we yeah. try to use multiple channels, but we're not like, yeah, we're going to put you everywhere in the world and on every single platform. Right, it's, right, right, you know, right. You need to write a big check for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's good. I, I Look, I love this topic. You know, I really believe and teach my clients that, you know, there's proactive and there's reactive. And Unfortunately, most authors think, well, I've written the book and now I'm just going to wait for the phone to ring, proverbial phone to ring, whatever that means. People are going to come to me. That's reactive. And you yeah. need to take control of your destiny and, and be proactive. And so that's why I've, I've enjoyed talking to you because that's obviously what Valentine does. And, and you do that through a number of different you know, channels and, and in ways, which I think is terrific. Thank you. Any last thoughts or you know, what, what should people think about when they think about if they're just, if they have never paid somebody for these types of services, or they're maybe trying to do some of this themselves or, you know, whatever, what, what should people think about when it comes to being proactive, using digital direct mail, et cetera. And then let's also give them some links where they can reach you both at Valentine as well as uh, your uh, self-improvement for entrepreneurs business. 
Yeah, I would say like if you're considering using an agency, you know, check their reviews, ask for their reviews. If they don't have any, that's that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Ask for case studies. If they don't have any, that's another red flag. Try to verify the case studies by speaking to the clients. I will also say something that is not as discussed often is, you know, speak to them a few times. Like, do you like them? Do you can you see yourself working with them? Because oftentimes, at least with a with the right relationship or the right engagement, you're speaking the client and the the agency you're speaking often. And you have to like, it goes both ways. You have to like the person, want to work with them. You know, our best client engagements, are the ones where like we really enjoy each other, we're sort of like friends. And so you have to like the person you're working with. And so just go with your gut on that. Um, hmm. And then you yeah, check the references and all that stuff. If they're trying to do it themselves, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, it depends what your budget is and all that, but you, know, you can't go wrong with content and uh, creating content as like the first channel that you work on. I said, you can't rely on just one channel. So make sure you're also putting the content on social media and right. also optimizing it for search and all of that and uh, sharing it with your network. Love it. Love it. Great advice, my friend. Thank you. And uh, some links where people can learn more about both Ballantine and, and your stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah. So Ballantine is uh, ballantine.com, uh, B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E, ballantine.com. And then my personal development passion project is morningupgrade.com. Mm. Uh, it started off talking about morning routines because that's like that was like my serious introduction to personal development and still is, but the site has blossomed into like all things personal development beyond just yeah. morning routines. Yeah. Great domain. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised it was available, right? I saw that. Yeah. Like, this is a sign. I got to buy it. Yeah. That's a good one. Awesome. Ryan, great to meet you. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, obviously, for those of you listening, you know, comment below uh, any questions that you have for Ryan. You can certainly ask them on whether it's YouTube or or the podcast, but for sure, connect with Ryan if you have any needs regarding digital marketing or uh, or self-improvement. So my friend, thanks so much for being on. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, everyone.